0: We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hi. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. Yeah, Sorry, I had I'm a... Just moving my chair there. I a really good night's
1: sleep last night. So I'm feeling rested, feeling ready. How about you?
0: Um, No, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is like your 6 a.m. so. Yeah. And I well, I was just telling Eric when I woke up, um, well, we didn't get to bed as early as we like. It was after 10. We're like, if I'm going to get up, at, I got up at 530. I would like to get to bed by like nine. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, yeah, I got up, got up to go to the washroom in the night or something. Or I looked at my clock at some point. And sometimes you wake up and it's like an hour or two after you went to sleep or I don't oh, know, you wake up. Oh, it's worst. No, well, like I like it when it's when you wake up, though, and you feel like. When you feel like oh I've had a lot of sleep and but it's only been an hour like that's amazing and then you're like oh I got like so many more hours right oh, but this was hilarious. like I woke up it felt like I'd been an hour I didn't necessarily feel amazingly rested like I was like okay I need to sleep a lot more and then it was like twenty after four though I was like oh, no
1: brutal
0: yeah yeah he's like at that he said the exact same thing happened to him oh but I did have like two epically long sleeps on the weekend so nice yeah yeah you need oh. that i'm not super like yeah i just need to get used to getting up early this week last week it snowed so i couldn't ride my bike and getting like a snowed over a foot here which is insane for victoria wow. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah um couldn't ride my bike didn't want to bother going to do any workout classes or yoga in the morning because it just would have been such a pain um i mean like totally doable but i just i was Actually, no, it's too hard getting from then the gym or the yoga studio to my work in time. I wouldn't have been able to do that. And uh, parking is worse. Well, that's what I find. Oh, yeah. There's like like Toronto. There's like no parking because there's no curbs. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a no go. And then so I did get to sleep in a little bit more those days, but I was also just wickedly tired. Like I still had this nagging cold situation going on. You sound a lot better now, though. It's like your voice is steady. Yeah. Well, I'm like just feeling like I'm gonna cough now, but oh, it's sorry. <laughs> yeah. There it goes. No, All it's, right. it's it's getting a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's just when I lie down at night. Mm, I cough. Yeah. But... Positioning. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. It's getting a lot better. I'm doing like a neti pot every day now. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I just have to get whatever's in my face. And... <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and sometimes it just takes time right you just have to let it let it rest let it heal
0: it's been over a month though and i went to the doctor even and i was like hit me with the antibiotics i'll take it (laughs) and then she was like no it's not that bad like just do neti pot every day i was like all right so interesting yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah.
0: all right that's good
1: whatever whatever's helping um should we dive into it Mm hmm okay this is pretty exciting this today's um topic about the vagus nerve um all the neural stuff
0: is so cool this is so cool because yeah. it just links everything yes yes everything together and you have some really good resources that you found uh that are like freaking mind blowing so i
1: try and, <laughs> and do them justice <laughs> yeah yeah, so when I actually think of the vagus nerve, I don't really think of it as a nerve, even though it is a nerve. Um, and one of the reasons is because it's it's not like in your spine. So I, I think like spine, nerves, yeah, nerves, right? Right. But this one isn't. It's sort of, it exits your brain. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the
0: cranial nerves. Yeah. It's number 10. I don't know how they number it, <laughs> but there's 12 of them. Yeah, it's super, super confusing. 10. There's a, a shitload. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. And then it branches out like so many times. Mm. It is a big, it has a big job.
1: Yeah. Well, it, I think it's called vagus because it's like a vagrant nerve. So it's
0: like wandering. The wandering. Yeah. Yeah. The wandering Mr. nerve.
1: Wandering nerve.
0: I mean, all, though, yeah. all the big nerves when they come out of your spinal cord or your brain, they branch a ton. But then when you see like the work that this one does, is <laughs> extremely impressive.
1: Yeah. Okay. So... Let's get, give them a picture of where it goes. So it's coming out of your brain, yeah. Um, down your neck, but not through the spine of your neck. It's just mm-hmm. coming down your neck. Um, and then where else
0: does it go? It goes all the way down through, it connects to all of your organs except your adrenal glands and um, to the second segment of your transverse colon. Cool.
1: Mm -hmm. Second segment of the transverse colon. What does that mean?
0: I don't know. Something else is uh, another nerve is responsible for probably the contraction of your, or well, not even the contraction, but the peristalsis in your descending colon and then Mm. your rectum. So something else is doing that.
1: (laughs) Okay. So this is just the
0: like half of the colon. Yeah. All right. That's cool. I don't know why. Yeah. I didn't look into the, the why of that, but so it's like you're, yeah, you're, you're, the base of your skull down to your transverse colon is right, like, at the bottom of your ribs, essentially. It's kind of where it lines up. So mm. it's a lot of your trunk and thorax region mm-hmm. where all mm-hmm. of your organs are.
1: Yeah. So it's, like, all the essential organs of mm-hmm. sustaining life. Definitely. <laughs> basically.
0: basically. A <laughs> well, little um, foreshadowing there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, And it's, yeah, it's, it's responsible for, it's it's really linked to the parasympathetic nervous system. So the autonomic control of all of your organs, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous systems make up your autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. So the vagus nerve is really in relationship to the parasympathetic of all of your organs and then a few i think it has a few skeletal muscles in your throat to do with um speech and voice and that kind of thing but like just a handful nothing that you nothing that we talk about like engaging with um in our yoga practice
1: oh okay that we can actually
0: control yeah yeah that's cool
1: um i just wanted to quickly mention that we do have another episode on um the nervous system is it is it like why does the parasympathetic nervous system matter something like that I don't remember let me scroll up I don't remember what it's called but we did set out like the whole differences between PNS so parasympathetic and sympathetic so you can have a listen to that one and it's just like a I think that one we didn't really go deep into like a particular nerve like this one we're talking about vegas that one we just talked about like in general here are the
0: two branches um and that's it (laughs) yeah it's called understanding the parasympathetic nervous system and it's episode 12. okay perfect yeah
1: so we'll link that up and that's definitely it's a good prerequisite to like listen to that and just have an understanding um of what the parasympathetic and versus the sympathetic nervous systems um the relationship to one another and to our psychology
0: our health our sleep all sorts of all sorts of good stuff yeah, yeah. you could, we could probably talk I mean we often do talk about the parasympathetic nervous system over and over and over again because it will just takes a, a while for that information <laughs> to get really implanted in your brain I know when I was learning about the nervous system just just the concept of the parasympathetic nervous system took a while
1: yeah, I know. I know. Especially if you go really deep down into like the biochemical pathways, because it's you can almost think about them like they share the same nerves, but they do different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's, it's complex. It's complex. So, yeah,
0: if your brain like starts to turn to mush.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're we not
0: trying to bring this back to reality for sure. <laughs> Even with respect to this conversation, we're not going super deep into the vagus nerve because I was looking into it, like you can just do vagus nerve Wikipedia site. I was looking. Oh, mm. well, we can link to that if you want to. But like your brain will quickly turn to mush because it's talking <laughs> about the anatomy- or the physiology so much. It's like mm. this axon and like this little branch and all the f- oh my god the function yeah the nuclei yeah. the branches the nah. structures like okay I, I think
1: be- yeah maybe quite simply is just that these are two um, systems that overlap one another that help us um, basically function in everyday life it's like whether or not we run from the threat like a tiger chasing us or a leopard chasing us or if we're able to sit down digest and calm down so they're commonly called what rest and digest and then fight or flight right
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah Yeah, so the yeah, parasympathetic is rest and digest. Sympathetic is fight or flight. And the two sides of the same coin. And your body can only um, you can't exist in both at the same time. <laughs> they sort of like balance each other out. So a lot of us um, flip between the two. Uh, everyone flips between, mostly flips between the two throughout your waking hours of your day. Just because there's there's like different stuff that happens during your day, and then you just go from I'm a little bit stressed, or I'm a little bit more active versus
0: I'm a little bit more calm and I'm going to digest now. And then you just go back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And yeah. I think the sympathetic, like there, I talked about this, I think in episode 12, the understanding the parasympathetic nervous system episode, where it's not, you're not necessarily in rest and digest or fight or flight or like the doing you're, it they do coexist together. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep um but those are the the more extremes is doing one or yes. the other but we're mostly yeah. kind of our or, some organs are in one state um like you can be doing work and you have a normal heart rate you're not necessarily doing work that i mean if your work is stressful you can be doing work you're doing you're acting or you can be moving your body and your heart rate is not like pumping through the roof and thinking that you're getting eaten by a tiger
1: Mm, yeah so yeah sympathetic doesn't necessarily mean fear based mm -hmm. sympathetic could just be excited
0: extreme there's like extremes to both of them and we kind of exist in the middle and then the role of the vagus nerve is to kind of be able to swing back and forth between those two states and not get stuck in one
1: Mm, okay
0: yeah so that's that's what's referenced as vagal tone, if you've heard that before. Mm-hmm. It's your, the ability or kind of, like you think of tone as a muscle tone, right? That's where we mm-hmm. hear it most. It's it's our ability to turn a muscle on for it to be strong and do the work or or hold load as it is required, right? Mm-hmm. And a well-toned yeah. muscle can do that when it's asked. So the tone of the vagus nerve is it being able to regulate your heart rate. Um, Slow it down when you don't need to be, it doesn't need to be pumping blood to your extremities and speed it up when it does need to be pumping blood to your extremities. And it's kind of like the work between, it's not like you might think a healthy nervous system or a healthy vagus nerve is like that you're chill all the time. And that's really not the case. It's kind of going back and forth between the two uh, seamlessly, and not getting stuck in one or the other.
1: Mm, that's really interesting. And um, sorry, yeah, just just
0: quickly, if a little bit maybe more eloquent eloquently, uh, Megan Johnson talked about this in episode thirty four. It was it was relatively brief, but she goes into it, and she's a really smart woman mm-hmm. who teaches restorative yoga and and more restorative practices so episode 34 and we'll link to that you can hear her have some words on it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah she definitely um talked about it really well see i was under the impression that the vagus nerve only um like regulated parasympathetic activity so does it also regulate sympathetic activity
0: so like it will speed your heart rate up i'm trying to yeah, I think it will because mm. it, it regulates – it is responsible for your – the rate of your heart. Uh, I might have to Google this while you talk about something else uh. like. because <laughs> I was actually wondering the same yeah. thing.
1: Yeah, because sometimes it could also be just that it, it's backing off. So Let's say that very strong vagal tone, like my impression of it was that very strong vagal tone will dump you into parasympathetic. You'll be really relaxed. You'll be really ooey and gooey. Um, and then if vagal tone um, decreases, that's when another nerve can stimulate heart rate to go up because they're competing um, signals, if that makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, it is a slowing of the heart rate. So there is a separate nerve that would be responsible for the speeding of your heart rate. Yes.
1: And I guess it's just that when vagal tone decreases, it allows the other nerves to increase the heart rate. Whereas if vagal tone increases, it's going to inhibit the other nerves from increasing heart rate and it forces the heart rate to decrease. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's either... So yeah, you can... It's it's complicated. (laughs) Yeah, so it's like that. It's not as simple as on and off. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, it's not a direct on and off. It's a Mm -hmm. moving between (laughs) those two states.
1: But I think you're right. Like regulation, yeah. Yeah, like the health of our body is our ability to rise to the occasion and meet a challenge and get our heart rate up, get our activity up, brain is awake, blood is flowing, and the ability to like calm down from that and not stay really hyped up even when we don't need to be. Um, it, it is like an energy conservation thing and it's like an efficiency, efficiency thing with our bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so we, want, we want that ability. We want to be able to go up and down relatively
0: fluidly. Yeah, so especially for oh gosh, should we talk about yoga now? Or actually maybe we should save it a little bit later and still go through <laughs> some of the um the yeah, let's let's
1: maybe let's yeah, let's mention all the other because we mentioned heart rate. Um so what else does the
0: vagal nerve do? It does it's responsible for swallowing. Um, do you know if you get like super nervous, it feels like you have a lump in your throat or you're just like, mm. you're like, you have to be really nervous or maybe, yeah. especially if you're going to do, uh, plus some public speaking of some sort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're teaching your first yoga class and your throat's oh like, your voice feels <laughs> weird because it's constricted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably your <clears throat> vagal nerve, excuse me. Oh, not not doing its job or the sympathetic whatever's innervating your throat sympathetically is taken over there something's Uh, happening in your throat i can hear it it's like yeah uh, it's like (laughs) (laughs) all of a sudden i'm feeling just a bunch of crap in my throat um but so if your vagal nerve uh whichever branch is is in your throat and your voice is on then your voice is smooth and uh you have like a sing people who have really sing-songy voices they have good vagal tone or activation of vagal nerve, whichever branch again, there's so many branches. I'm not going to be able to name them in your throat. Um, so swallowing voice, uh, singing, all that jazz digestion, elimination speech. So digestion, you're thinking more stomach elimination is like the peristalsis in your uh, intestinal tract. I already said speech, which is like singing, hearing, sweating, basal dilation and constriction, and glandular activity. So again, it connects to all of your organs and they secrete all the good things to make your body work.
1: Okay. I just wanted to quickly um, do a little segue into yoga.
0: All right. <laughs> so, I know it's really you know, hard to not
1: go yeah. there. <laughs> because that's where my brain just naturally goes. You know um, the the repetition or singing of, uh, what's going to call it, like uh, chants? Yep. Yep yeah like chanting and uh kirtan i think is what it's called like the devotional singing um and then in the buddhist tradition like very um uh hardcore i guess Mm -hmm. if you can use that word with buddhists i know in buddhist temples there there's in certain traditions there's a lot of like memorization of these chants and then singing these chants and they're usually very um they're very like Uh, droney and single tone. So there's no like rise and fall. It's not a pop song, which is like, yeah, like it it gets exciting. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm, this kind of music. mm -hmm. Well, at least I, I, I've heard, I've heard the Buddhist ones um, and they're very droney. Um, And I wonder if some of that is to have this stimulation of the end of the nerves. So the stimulation of the speech side in order to um, sort of influence higher up. So, from the speech side influencing the end of the nerve and then putting that input into from the bottom up to the top into the brain that, you know, I'm singing the song is very boring and slow and (laughs) single tonal. um, And it's not like rising and falling. It's not like like, super exciting Um, to communicate this message of like, I'm calm, you know, my body is calm. And so the brain should calm itself down. Does it make sense at all?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, Wondering about that, I know when I did my training in India and we did uh, learn about the yoga sutras, we would chant them every day. All the ones that we learned up to. So you start with like Mm -hmm. yesterday, we learned three of them and then you'd start the class chanting those three and it was very yeah like do 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 just like steady steady yeah, yeah
1: it's not like lady gaga it's not like no. it's not exciting music definitely yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a yeah. very <laughs> that's a
0: very western spin on that stuff for sure i'm not saying it's right or wrong um but interestingly when you when you linked up that video um About the vagus nerve and safety, and we're gonna link this super awesome—the twenty-eight minute nerd night. It was. Mm,
1: Oh, it's so good! It's so good.
0: Um, that he was talking about the feelings of safety, which vagus nerve we haven't mentioned yet. Like, is when you're activating the parasympathetic nerve, you are. That is being done when you are feeling safe. So yes, yes. It can be many, many things that kind of create that activation. Um, But he was, he had done some tests on these kind of mid-tone sing-songy songs and he referenced Disney songs.
1: Oh yeah. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe I think it's also one of those things. Like when you, when you talk about safety and we talk about this in a lot of our episodes, how you activate the parasympathetic nervous system or get out of a sympathetic, overly sympathetic state is going to be different for everyone. Mm, if you grow yeah, yeah, yeah. up, if you grow up like listening to da 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 Then like that's like I have a little there's like a little happy place when I hear that in me now because it brings me to like a specific time and feeling like yeah like I wasn't working and I was (laughs) learning for a month and I mean India didn't feel super safe necessarily but you felt safe I felt like in that space like in that space and doing that and like learning and my brain was so happy yeah um so yeah yeah it's really has to do with association a lot of it um Disney's one of those things that like a lot of us just in the western world right now modern people like yeah you you hear those things as a kid so maybe that's the association but
1: then yeah I wonder if there's like a nugget of physiological um you know, universality, like everyone physiological has a little bit of this and then we can override it or we can increase it with our um, uh, associations in our brains that come from living a life, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause yeah, like, look it, it, yeah. Like polyvag sorry, the, the vagus nerves go straight into your speech center. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that to me is like a big Um, like a big arrow and then also remember these devotional thingies were like around for a really long time before we even elucidated that there's a nerve called the vagus nerve that wanders around your body and impacts your parasympathetic nervous system so maybe this old time wisdom is just something that now we are finally realizing like a reason for Mm -hmm. um and it, it it works for most people who don't have like some sort of conditioned response against it or for it or whatever it is right um so yeah, I do wonder because yeah, like whenever I listen to like the Buddhist chants, and I don't not often, but if it comes across in my life, it's like, oh, I can like smell the incense, I can feel the difference in the air, you know, like it's like it's very evocative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I wonder if that's just like you know, are all of our brains are hardwired in a certain way with music. Anyway, I wanted oh, to do a, yeah yeah I wanted to do a podcast about music and yoga, um, and we never got around
0: to it, but yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah. well, m- yeah, music is so inter interesting because every culture has it going back like as like a long time as yeah. long as people mm-hmm. could articulate essentially. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you hear like a song in some African language and people and it's like really like high energy, doesn't mm-hmm. that also just make you want to like jam out and be like super happy?
1: <laughs> yeah if you were to let go of all conditioned responses like oh I don't want you know people to look at me funny like let go of all Oh, if you're of just that. like at home and you put on yeah,
0: yeah. If I, I hear like um, yeah it like transcends language right totally yeah and you just like it's like the beat and the feeling of community and the, mm-hmm. uh, the way their voices are um, yeah and I think that's kind of like a universal thing also when you hear a mother talk to their baby like in any part of the world, usually. Mm-hmm. They're usually using that sing-songy voice. So yeah. it's interesting whether, like, that, like, monotone or the sing-songy are more stimulating of the vagus nerve.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, You're that's probably. just, like, one.
0: The Buddhist one is just one tradition, right? Like
1: Yeah, and they probably, so they're probably... <laughs> there.
0: they' Buddhists, I don't know very much about Buddhism at all, so please don't, like, hate me on this. But generally, <laughs> generally what I understand is, like, they're they don't like to excite the nervous oh, yeah. system so even yeah, like absolutely. in their in their and i only because i really watched um a show on food with a what, there's like a chef's table on which is like a show on netflix about all the michelin star mm-hmm. <laughs> chefs i love okay. food um and okay, there's how a, does this connect so I'm- there's a woman she's a buddhist <laughs> she lives like in a buddhist place I'm awful. Oh, I
1: think I know how this yes. connects. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah. And like
0: she was talking about her food, how all of the spices have to be yes, like really, you can't use, I don't know. Maybe it's like garlic and things like that. I know mm-hmm. like in the, mm-hmm. some of the Hindu diets, it's like that Sattvic diet. Oh, is it? Hindu? is Hindu or yeah anyways I'm being really brutal sorry guys no but, no no, no <laughs> but it
1: is true like my aunt she's like a very devout Buddhist mm. can you use devout I don't know I don't know what terminology to use when it comes to Buddhists because oh, they're hardcore. also chill she's- yeah they're really chill too about yeah, it though because yeah, yeah. they're non like they're very non-prescriptive so like yeah. my aunt would never force you into her diet or anything like that um, and she's very careful about like value words so she'll never say one is better than the other like she's super careful about that so I don't I don't know no heart i always like stumble around these words anyway she's mm-hmm. buddhist um and she deeply practices i don't know um but yeah a few years ago she gave up garlic and the family was a little bit in like oh but well now we can't use garlic but only for her food um and i think there's a few other spices as well yeah. i think uh for some reason i believe spicy like hot peppers are yeah. okay because they're cooling in the body right they're not actually heating um ginger is good uh i think black peppercorns are good and mushrooms they use like a shitload of like some of the most delicious mushroomy thingies Mm. like she's made for me i'm just like oh my god so freaking good oh i love mushrooms (laughs) me too all right let's keep going so (laughs) that was a big segue (laughs) well yeah so the
0: food and the voice thing connection i think it's just because like they're trying to be more chill and non-stimulating does that make sense? Yeah, Maybe. yes, right. I could be terribly worried. wrong, yeah. but that's yeah. my interpretation at this current moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I support, I think I, I would support that with my life experiences. Yeah, it seems like Buddhists want to calm down all the um, various energies in the body and exist within like a very calm, collected, um, you know, highly evolved state, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's cool. Um, I think there's a lot to learn from that culture. I'm like super interested in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's next?
1: Polyvagal theory. Yeah. So, um, we'll, we're going to link to these two videos. So the, the 28 minute one, it's 28 minutes. So it's long. You have to like commit to it, but it, it's super enjoyable. He did it. Like, I guess it was like a, it's almost like a stand up comedian, isn't it?
0: yeah it's a talk it's a talk in like a club type thing yeah (laughs) they call them nerd nights in new york this one's in new york and it's really and it's really engaging and i was watching it last night and right before i went to bed i had it playing on my phone and i was like it's the only last two minutes to eric and he's like but i want to watch i want to watch so
1: oh cute so i'm like okay i'll send
0: it to you and you can watch it's really interesting yeah, I think um, he, like it was so interesting. Sorry to cut you off. No, no. Like good. if I were doing yoga teacher training, I would play that.
1: Yes, yes. It's that very would,
0: enjoyable. That mm-hmm. content and just the way he delivers. Like then you don't have to. I know. Bumble through yeah. it. Like yeah. play that if you were if you're designing <laughs> a training, play it. Give it to your students. It, it it connects to everything. Yeah,
1: yeah, I wanted to find like a faster one though because that is like it's long, even though it is like it's entertainment basically. Um the other one is five minutes and it's that quick rundown of mm-hmm. what everything he basically everything he says but not as you know not as enjoyable not as and he has like a lot of the 28 minute one he has a lot of um what's it call? it's like metaphors and associations and like like the Disney movies and all yeah. of that stuff which make it like really sink in yeah so i would definitely watch thing. both yeah 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 um so like I'm going to try to give the basic rundown. But if you have time, like seriously, pause this podcast Mm -hmm. and go and watch it because it's worth it. Totally. (laughs) But the five minute, um, well, the two second rundown from what I understand is that there's these three, um, three, uh, what's gonna call it, like streams that your nervous system can go down. And the first two streams we've already sort of talked about, it's the sympathetic fight or flight parasympathetic rest and digest and then the third one do you remember what it's called shit i forget um well it's just the freeze response of the ah yeah 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 um- it's like the play dead right yeah yeah so that's when you get so so deeply into parasympathetic there is the possibility and so remember this is not going to happen to everyone but there's a possibility that the entire nervous system freezes mm-hmm. and it's the I, I from what i recall it's like the play dead response right it's just like
0: yeah but yeah. And, and you might hear it referenced otherwise as like the reptilian response or it's just like right. reptilian part of your nervous system Because if you think of a reptile, he, he shows a little picture of a lizard, um, when they're in danger, their response is to freeze. And that was our first, that's our like oldest, that is like the evolutionarily oldest response to extreme stress, like, which is in the animal kingdom, like more like life or death type stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it's like within all of our brains it's like conserved across the animal kingdom um but again in our lives we generally it's not like it's not like we just flip into that state like we flip into parasympathetic and sympathetic it's not like the two main branches Mm -hmm. from what i understand it's like a branch that is sometimes accessed with extreme trauma um you know, like a a really bad, bad accident when you freeze and you just like the brain turns off and you can't respond. Um, So you're not even in fight or flight. You're like so beyond that, that you're just, you're like playing dead. You're the reptile
0: that's just frozen in space. Yeah, you're like watching the scene, but you can't participate.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it it is pretty terrifying. Um, Yeah, so I think what he's saying is that, yeah, like there's so much... um, talk about the parasympathetic being like that's where you want to be that's where you want to exist however there is um a little bit of danger in that if you do have like a history of trauma or if you're yeah if you're in a situation that might potentially push you to that level there is this other level of reptilian response um that we do have to realize exists within every single human with a brain
0: yeah yeah and he talks about well i really liked how he referenced um in court cases of women who have experienced rape, how mm, mm-hmm. this like, uh, just up, probably still occurring really because our systems are so frigging outdated, but like a judge will be like, well, why didn't you do anything? Yeah. She's like, I would have done something like you're, <laughs> yeah, you're in like such a state of danger and it's yeah. not a choice. This is a this is autonomic, you know, automatic, mm-hmm. like your heart. You're not telling your heart how to beat. You can't tell your body how to respond to stress in these extreme scenarios.
1: Yeah. 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 So it's not even like the shock. It's it's like beyond that. It's like you don't have control anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't even pull. You can't pull yourself together. It's yeah. Yeah.
0: I have like a freeze response when I fall down and I'm carrying something. <laughs> oh shit. Like I won't <laughs> drop the thing that I'm carrying. Oh.
1: <laughs> it's, you have like a cling on to response, even if you like smash your face. Totally.
0: Like I Oh I, nah. like I slipped on a rock when was that? I probably told you in like the in September I was holding a bunch of oysters. Of course I'm not gonna let go of food. <laughs> You didn't tell me this. And I sure. well, I just like I stepped on this rock. It was had seaweed on it. It was stupid. I like saw it. I'm like, this is precarious. And then like <laughs> immediately, my feet just like whipped out from under me, and I smashed my elbow. Um, it was all good, but yeah. like, there's no part of me that was like, there's no time to think, or I don't know. You could kind of think, but I just clutch the thing, the items that are in my hand always. Yeah, whenever I've fallen and I have something in my hand like usually if you have something in your hand you're a bit more likely to fall but yes yes yes. just I will not just put my arms down I don't know and it's like that is stupid (laughs) that's not a why (laughs) wouldn't you put your arms down I'm not thinking like I'm gonna keep it like there's just it's just like this frozen part of me it's so strange yeah yeah,
1: Yeah. reptile brain yeah control it yeah there's no nothing can't do it. so
0: yeah that's our old <laughs> old response to stress and it's still mm-hmm. still in us and it 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 does have purpose right um it probably sucks the most out of all of them because you wish you could do something but mm-hmm. in some specific case there's a purpose I'm sure
1: yeah 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 and then in I think so one of the dangers is that you have it It goes through the relaxation and then it shocks you into freeze so like you, the way the nervous system works you don't go sympathetic nervous system and then freeze response you go parasympathetic nervous system with the semblance that you're safe mm-hmm. and then into this traumatic freeze response so it's when you're caught unaware if that makes sense yeah yeah so I think a lot of like you know that book that we we mention a lot um what's mccall it by the uh, psychiatrist, uh, mm. the brain, the the body, shit. The body keeps the score. The body keeps oh, the score. Yeah, I got yeah. it. I got. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he- <laughs> sorry, <laughs> my brain is working. Bessel Russell um, Van Der Kolk. I think. Yeah, yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Um, but he, I think he mentions it at some point. I recall him mentioning it at some point because he tells a lot of stories about his clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he does mention um. So, like there, there are certain things like when you feel like you're safe, um, and then all of a sudden, like something triggers you, or it doesn't even need to trigger you, and all of a sudden you're back into that fear mode or that that traumatic memory, um, and maybe it's not even you visualize it, but you just feel like you are in it, and your body can't move, and you're just frozen in space, um, and so that's one of the dangers, I guess, with um, you know, feeling. If you do carry trauma with you, um, being feeling safe and then accessing that trauma, and it's re- really really helpful to do it in the company of um, you know like a medical practitioner or like a, a trained psychiatrist with trauma background who can guide you through those things really safely, um, so that you don't fear the feeling of safety itself. But mm-hmm. it is yeah, it is like the semblance of now I'm finally safe. And then all of a sudden your brain hijacks and like is like, you thought you're safe? Huh? Huh? No, you're not. Totally. Boom. Here's a feeling of like you're you're in that traumatic moment all over again. Boom. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. So, right.
1: Yeah. So I think we should segue to yoga here.
0: <laughs> okay. Wait, there is one more thing. I was oh, okay. Gonna... Mm... I don't know. I'll come back to it. Let's do okay. yoga because we could get out of hand on the yoga.
1: Well, for me, it's just this idea that, yes, we are trying to create a safe and welcoming and um, accessible space for everyone within the yoga room. Um, But one of the things that happens, and you might not even know that, you know, even if you don't come from a really traumatic background, there's just this possibility that you can get so relaxed and feel so safe that the brain, you know hijacks you and then boom you're in this freeze response this reptilian response um and then what do you do then what does like the person
0: do or what does the teacher do i don't know what does anyone do what can you do i mean i think those experiences re-experiences of trauma in a yoga class are i want to say rare Probably comparatively, if the amount of classes that I've taught and had someone like v- visibly, mm-hmm. like you can, you would be able to tell, kind of freeze. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had anyone, or maybe just like one in- instance of a more like a memory or emotion coming up for someone, but not to the, mm-hmm. to the freeze point. Um, yeah. But I didn't teach as many restorative classes, which would – I mean, I definitely would have portions of my classes where activating the parasympathetic nervous system. But maybe not to the extent of, like, a restorative class Mm -hmm. where you're really um, focused on activating the parasympathetic for the entirety of the class. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you would see it there more. Um, Maybe. Yeah, maybe. uh, Because you are, like, really creating – really creating that feeling of safety in like Mm -hmm. that is your Mm -hmm. job in a restorative class yeah (laughs) yeah for sure like the single thing that you do yeah and so yeah so so maybe then you would be more likely to go deeply into that parasympathetic state and then switch Mm -hmm. to that traumatic response but (coughs) excuse me
1: yeah, I think the um the only thing that really we can do is offer support in the moment yeah. that it happens. Like, you know, just gently asking, like, it, you know, if you can think of anything for me to make you more comfortable, let me know, or just giving them the space to leave the the room. Like, um I know like the bikram practice is like nobody leaves the room, right? Like so mm-hmm. don't be like just yeah, mm-hmm. don't don't say things like that. <laughs> like you're always free to leave this space if it becomes traumatic, right? Um but I think in the long term, if something like this has happened, the practice of just noticing it and um, I think and then bringing yourself back to the body yeah. and something tethered in reality um, can be helpful but it, it's also like it could also be a wake up call that um, oh perhaps there's someone that we can refer you to as a, as a medical professional to help you deal and navigate this complexity because it is complex right mm-hmm. um, we need to be able to feel safe in body and mind and in physical locations um, and support without having this fear that i'm going to suddenly freeze because my brain wants to relive this trauma for some reason
0: yeah i th- yeah definitely well i'm re- remembering a little bit from some of my trainings i have had one short trauma training um nothing to hang my hat on because the that people do phds upon phds on it right. Um, but just a few things if you are working with a student and even if they're having an extremely emotional response, yeah. Um mm-hmm. hard to tell if like this person's having an emotional response that is like deeply traumatic or if they're in like a free state, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna kind of pinpoint what's happening, but kneeling beside the person, so being um being in their space, but without touching them unless you really Mm -hmm. know that person very well. Mm -hmm. And then just using calm voice, um, saying I'm here, you're in the Mm -hmm. yoga studio, you're safe. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. here for you. You're, you're in a safe place. I'm here for you. Um, and if they are able to speak to you, then you can ask like, is there anything I can do for you or, do you, is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder or something? Mm-hmm. Again, if they are kind of closer to you or you kind of know the relationships you have with students, like if it's a person that just walks into class and you never really talk to that much, then maybe mm-hmm. you're not going to go and touch them or ask to yeah. touch them, right? yeah but then maybe they wouldn't feel safe with you anyway <laughs> I, yeah it just matter. <laughs> i don't know her yeah, yeah. so you can like mm-hmm. keep a healthy distance but be there say you're there and again it's that like calming voice thing so like mm. l- like you're talking about listening the listening to sound has an mm-hmm. effect on our nervous system so yeah don't it, kind of resist being like you're okay you're okay you're okay <laughs> <laughs> are you okay oh my god are you I'm okay good. Are are you good. okay oh yeah Anybody, ah. is there a doctor like ah <laughs> There's a time for that like if someone's knee goes sideways or something then oh, you can be like, "Alright, let's act." Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So those those um, things that seem like they should come to you but very much might not because you'll be also in a stress response.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but I think yeah for the most part the freeze response I don't know if there's much that we can do to circumvent it or to like break that cycle other than just you know after the fact suggesting some um, intervention from a, you know an external source like a, an actual psychiatrist psychologist talk therapist counselor um, yeah,
0: cause, Cause, yeah
1: yeah Those ex- really those extreme helpful.
0: experiences are not necessarily that someone experiences regularly like they might Mm -hmm. have had a trauma that happened to them 20 years ago and they come into a space that enables them to deeply relax and it's like like yeah you it's not a thing you you think about that's gonna happen and boom all of a sudden just like holy shit i'm Mm in i'm in this really traumatic Mm -hmm. space that earth situation that happened to me 20 years ago so it's not like oh yeah this happens to me all the time yeah yeah and I'm used to it like yeah. no it's not not really like, like that freaked out yeah. about what happened and you can explain maybe then yeah if you're yeah. deep into relax, I just yeah
1: I just you. find it so interesting that it it has to bypass the it has to like go through parasympathetic in order to get there like it's not it's not like I'm running from the tiger and then like My system's so hardwired, like so wired up that I freeze. It's like, no, I'm so relaxed and feeling safe. And then I freeze. So I think this kind of response is like only going to happen in situations where you feel like you're relaxed or a therapeutic relationship or a therapeutic situation, like with a therapist or with a masseuse or with like someone you trust. Right. Um, So, yeah, I think like as as a yoga teacher creating that situation of trust and um, responsibility for someone else you know that kind of thing that yeah like this is super important to be aware of and to um, have resources at hand that you can refer out to someone you trust like a therapist that you can refer out to or you know a counselor um, so that these things can be worked through rather than just like you know startling you whenever you (laughs) relax or like you know what sometimes um
0: when it just so happens yeah yeah you gotta Mm. you definitely need to do some work on trauma Mm -hmm. but yeah it could be just like dormant for 20 years and you're like yeah Mm because because also it might be something like people black out completely in the freeze response Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah you're just lost in sensation not not thinking yeah okay so we are starting to get long in our time so let's quickly go through this one study how breathing can help you make better decisions yeah do it yeah because that one's really cool yeah um so okay i i i read this a few weeks ago so you're gonna have to remind me did you look at did you quickly do a reading on it no or no (laughs) okay cool Um, I made I made notes I made notes when I read it so I'm going to depend on them so basically they use heart rate variability to measure um, the health of the nervous system and so that's our ability to um, flip back and forth between parasympathetic and sympathetic and to um, rise to an occasion or to relax when we need to Um, And heart rate variability um, Megan mentioned it and um, there's a lot of you know, social media, lots of like media stuff on it nowadays. But basically, it's a measure of your your health of this ability to flip back and forth. So a high heart rate variability is what you want. A low heart rate variability means that you're probably stuck in one state or the other. And it's hard for you to flip back and forth. So this study is called How Breathing Can Help You Make Better Decisions. Two studies, so I think it's a meta-analysis, so it it goes over two studies on the effects of breathing patterns on heart rate variability and decision-making in business cases. So they did three groups um, of people. One group of people who did an equal inhale to exhale. The other group of people did an inhale and then a longer exhale. And then the other group of people watched a movie. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Netflix. Netflix. Woo! <laughs> um, so after after they did their exercise movie, inhale, exhale equal, inhale, exhale longer. Um, they were all given a business decision to make. Um, the movie group had an elevated stress response when they had well, to what, make the business. What kind decision. of movie was it? <laughs> I don't it know. It matters. I don't know. It's like a, I like a. I don't know. Okay, Who knows? That's fine. That's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> um whereas both breathing groups reported less stress in making the the decision and and then they m- re- measured heart rate variability so heart rate variability one of the reasons um it's getting so much press is because it's a um what's i gonna call it it's it's non self-reported you know yeah. whereas like i can say my stress is high because i feel it um but how i feel versus someone else's feeling is very it's there's no baseline there's no zero um whereas with heart rate variability it's it's a non-perception it's not a perception it's a it's a physical numerical measurement quantitative right is that the word yeah quantitative versus qualitative yeah it's quantitative so that's one of the reasons it's it's getting a lot of press it's one of our few ways to quantitatively measure um our nervous system health. So anyway, so um, the the breathing exercise groups, both of them, had a higher heart rate variability as well. So they had a they showed a better ability to flip between the the s- branches of the nervous system and to recover from a stress or to uh, rise to an occasion. So they didn't actually see what business decision was made and whether it was a good or a bad one. What it was more about was how we. Um, perceive the stress of having to make a decision like that which is very very important
0: yeah (laughs) yeah perception of stress is as important as stress like some people can be in highly stressful scenarios and be chill and Mm -hmm. then they don't feel it so you don't yeah the perception is everything really yeah perception is everything like
1: you know like I'm a few Podcast. I think it was last year. Both you and I were all like, "Fuck, we have to make dinner," and that was stressful. Totally. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. <laughs> and then, whereas now, it's like, oh, but I like cooking and I like making dinner, and it's stress relieving. It's all perception, but like your my physical actions are the same. I'm cutting, washing, yeah, sautéing, yeah. That's yeah, really interesting.
0: Um, when people think about heart rate variability, because it's really hard to not just think about heart rate. So mm-hmm. like a higher heart rate is sometimes what people think of. The variability is think of change. So you want a high amount of change in your heart rate. That makes sense. So being able to have your heart beat quickly and slowly that the greater kind of change or how often that happens is a healthier heart rate variability. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. See, so it took, yeah. took me a little bit to like get that one. Oh, or yeah. Just, well, I got it, but it. I always have to double think it or for a while did double no. think it. Because it's not just the heart rate. It's the variability. It's the no, change no, yeah. of your heart rate.
1: Yes. Yes. Which makes sense. So like what the first thing we talked about with the vagus nerve was its control of heart rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I was thinking as soon as I saw that heart rate variability study well, I just like looked at the abstract of it. Um, what comes to mind with respect to a yoga practice is this is where our vinyasa practice And your hatha that are more active, those practices are doing their work, right? Mm -hmm. Because you are increasing your heart rate and decreasing your heart rate and increasing your heart rate and decreasing your heart rate. Mm -hmm. As opposed to your maybe more yin and restorative, which are working on really activating the parasympathetic for as long as you can. And maybe those Mm -hmm. practices are more... um, useful if you know your entire day was having a high heart rate. Like if you really have a super stressful life or been in the, um, dealing with like, I don't know, like family illness or something like shit that makes your heart beat on the regular, then you're going to want to be going to the classes where you're spending a good amount of time in the parasympathetic. If you have mm-hmm. like a regular healthy life, like in your day, there's stressors, but you can go back and forth. Um, and just to kind of build that up and create more resilience like a vinyasa or an active hatha practice are really good just to kind of bolster that activity of the vagus nerve activity and mm-hmm. on and off basically
1: yeah yeah um you remember some of tiffany um crookshank's practices are like a pretty challenging vinyasa mm-hmm. and then lay down in shavasana for the next three minutes three to five minutes yeah And then you go back to vinyasa Mm -hmm. and then you lay down. Yeah. So she sometimes she cycles between um, that higher sympathetic state of standing, moving, awareness, attention, um, and then down
0: and do nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where that that's exactly where that comes from. The shavasana Mm -hmm. thing in between, like, I like it now, but it used to kind of. i know me me too yeah yeah yeah. i was like i'm gonna do some crunches i want to feel the burn no i just didn't like (laughs) knowing that i had to go back up again like i'm like Ah! oh i wanted to you like once i go down you know, you get, it's routine. It's what you're used to. And you're telling yourself, you know, it's all perception. But yeah, like coming down, like doing, um, a a series or a sequence or whatever of a vinyasa and then child's pose, or maybe, I don't know, like hamstring stretch on your back or something where you definitely come down. Like you can, Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. just not as active. So it doesn't have to be full shavasana, but it can. So it doesn't have to be like, yeah, like your body's doing nothing, but just moving in between like more active and less active. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting practice for sure. I think that's a really important part of vinyasa and the active practices that gets missed when people are choosing sides. Oh. And in the vinyasa and hatha world, just creating some more awareness of that importance to to do come down more regularly instead of just mm-hmm. right at the end for like these three minute yeah. shavasanas
1: yeah and sometimes you can even get it not you don't even have to like lay down all the time like in between the the more active stuff but sometimes you can get it just like holding
0: something that's not too difficult mm-hmm. sometimes or just like tadasana, like tadasana yeah in a mm-hmm. hatha practice is pretty regular one to come back to right yeah
1: and but and like stay there for a little bit so that mm-hmm. the breath can calm down and the heart can actually calm down um tadasana doesn't work so well if you're like in a really heated room though because the the heat of it just beating down on your head and your shoulders is that one's a toughie i know my heart stays racing with that one yeah i don't <laughs> it's fucking hot i just don't, i'm not
0: sure if the hot hot rooms are conducive to a healthy heart rate variability. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just all
0: like sympathetic response then. Yeah, well, every, it might be. It might every be. practice like has a little bit of a focus and that doesn't make it bad or less valuable. You know, it just depends on mm-hmm. what you need. Um, I know the hot practices really hang their hat on detoxification, right? Which is mm, still, yeah. I still question it because of the sweating thing. We still have to find more resources and references. Mm-hmm. on that but um yeah sweating mm-hmm. that's what they're going for <laughs> a bit more
1: <laughs> yeah do you want to talk like just to wrap up this last study that you found that was so good that um we kind of e-
0: we're just going to break off and do a whole nother podcast on this yeah this the title of the study so it's a research study is called breath of life the respiratory vagal stimulation model of contemplative activity and it's a huge. Um, let me just open it up again. Okay, I can't open. It. I'm being ridiculous. Um, it's a huge article. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, it's long. If very very long. If you're a yoga teacher or a curious student, like I highly recommend you read it. It's quite readable from a layman's perspective. Like you don't have to be a scientist. I don't think. Um, If you have some understanding of the parasympathetic nervous system and it, it is actually quite accessible, but it goes over like the, the vagus nerve, the parasympathetic nervous system, um, practices of yoga and breath work. It's like, I'm just looking at attention training, affect training, Mm-hmm. Um, body awareness training, physical exercise. It goes off all these practices and ha- they have a model and a theory, I think, and they talk about the pros and the cons. Um, respiratory stimulation. It's kind of really interesting. <laughs> I saw one <laughs> sentence in there. it was talking about chronic stress, um, like inhibits the – inhibits, I think is the vagal nerve – The vagus nerve rather or maybe one of the branches um inhibiting in a way where it stops being able to then fire properly Mm, interesting so that's really interesting that that i was like oh yeah this is super important because that's that and that's kind of what heart rate variability is measuring when you're measuring the health of the the vagus nerve and the parasympathetic Mm -hmm. system is turning on and off so that's like uh if that's happening to you you're your nerves literally like firing or not firing because mm-hmm. of the work that they have done constantly or, or not really done. Like if your sympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system is so active, and this would be in a person that probably doesn't sleep much because that's when your parasympathetic is the most active, um, a lot of stress, low sleep, just chronic stress, then your, your nerve like it's like a muscle that you don't work, right? It's mm-hmm. muscles are innervated. That's how they fire. Um, it just stop it forgets how to turn on. And you forget how mm-hmm. to activate the parasympathetic and then life is a bummer, man. Oh <laughs> But just like reading a sentence like that, just you're like, Oh my gosh, it's so important to find mechanisms of or ways to reduce stress and that might be yoga pranayama activities contemplative um, practices it might be walking your dog or mm. just hugging a loved one on the regular you know like there has to be something mm-hmm. where you get there
1: maybe listening to music
0: yeah singing listening to music
1: yeah yeah I don't know. yeah yeah that's super interesting um yeah so i think maybe maybe not next episode maybe the one after anyway we'll make a game time decision but Mm -hmm. at some point we will review this article We'll, we'll go through the main points of it um and and we'll link it to how we can incorporate it into our practices of teaching and doing yoga um again in that responsible way yeah um yeah, so that's going to come up soon. We'll link it to this episode anyway, just so if you did want to have a readover um, and then check out our episode on it just to, yeah, just to see what our, our take is and our little debate and discussion how to make science into real reality. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it does. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Right. I got a pee so. Oh my God, I got a pee so bad. Okay. Um, let's call it a day. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for the chat. Of course. And we will hang out very soon. Bye. Bye.